Hola. Hello. This call is being translated. Abuela, listen to what my phone can do. Abuela, escucha lo que mi teléfono puede hacer. Wow. Ahora dime sobre tu novia nueva. Wow. Now tell me about this new girlfriend. Huh? Tú sabes lo que dije. You know what I said. Language is no longer a barrier thanks to Live Translate with Galaxy AI on Samsung Galaxy S24 Ultra. Learn more at Samsung.com. Samsung account login required. Calls must be made using the native Samsung dialer. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone because individually we're great, but together we're so much better. That's why millions of teams around the world, including 75% of the Fortune 500, trust Atlassian software. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com. That's A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. Hello and welcome to The Rest is Football with Alan Shearer, Micah Richards and me, Gary Lineker. Micah, you've got your clothes back on after the end of the last episode. Are they going to stay on for the entirety of this episode? Yes, they are. It's too cold outside. More importantly, have you got your bra on underneath that top? (laughs) (laughs) Now, now, Alan. There's there's no need for that. I am actually kind of sick of the sight of you two this week. (laughs) We, we actually filmed and recorded Match of the Day Top 10 uh, podcast. So we've, we've been together a lot. We're separate today, but um, I can still see you. And we're together on Sunday. Oh, my Yeah, word. for Newport versus Manchester United in the FA Cup. Yes. Yeah, bit of BBC yeah. One. Yeah. Um, we've, we're kind of busy. Yeah. Yeah. I might need a restraining order at some point. Before you move on, what about the splendid lunch that you cooked us on two occasions? One on Tuesday and one on Wednesday. Oh, no, was it Monday and Tuesday? Monday and Tuesday. Time flies, Mike. It it flies, doesn't it? Well, that's very kind of you. Very, very nice. Very kind. Marvellous. Absolutely outstanding, (laughs) Gary. Thank you very much. I praise. Right, on today's episode, we're going to be diving into the January transfer window, Um, and it's not been a lot of action, but there are a few things to discuss. Uh, We'll recap both the um, Carabao Cup semi-finals, and um, we'll also have a look what's been going on in the Africa Cup of Nations and the Asia Cup. Some of the scenes are extraordinary, and one group in particular in the Africa uh, Cup of Nations. We'll we'll, we'll come to that in the second half. But I want to start with the the two semi-finals. Um, We're recording this on Thursday. Let's start with the game that was played at Fulham last night, and Liverpool got themselves through to the final where they meet Chelsea. Fulham had one or two opportunities, didn't they? They did. They had a huge opportunity at uh, well, the game nil nil. I think it was Paulinho missed. Paulinho, yeah, missed a big chance from a set piece, and then almost what was it? Three or four minutes later, Liverpool go up the other end and and score, and you just thought, mm. yeah, goalkeeping you know, error, wasn't it? When yeah, he should have saved it. Yeah, um, then or but you just thought when you get big chances like that in that size of the game, then they have to be put in the back of the net. And I know they rallied late on Fulham and they give it a right good go. Um, but, I mean, Liverpool with their injuries and players away and everything else, that you've got to admire how 
They just keep on getting the job done. Luis Diaz with the with the all important goal. I know it was a, it was a Leno error, but um, it was still a good bit of play. He's probably been Liverpool's quietest forward this season. I mean, he's had a lot going on, um, hasn't he? Um, injury problems and on the personal issues with with the family when they were kidnapped in in Colombia. So it's it's sort of understanding that he's he's struggled to find his best form because he looked electric um, last season. So that goal would probably do uh, him a lot of good. And Liverpool are marching on, aren't they? In all competitions. I mean, we've talked about them so much now, haven't we? I think um, we've given Klopp all the credit in terms of not just the starting eleven. His in-game substitutions have been brilliant. We've talked about how good their forward line is, probably the best in the league as a collective. And, you know, they're mixing that with young players as well. Again, I thought Bradley was very good until they conceded the goal when he just come inside him. He looks like a real talent and he's fullback for Liverpool if anyone's not seen him already. And Joe Gomez looks steady, doesn't he? He sort of had that big injury and he was linked away and then he's a centre-half but been playing left-back because Robertson's been out and so has Timikas. And he just looks like he's gradually getting back to the Gomez we all know. It's great to see that, actually, isn't it? Because, and he, he, he kind of, a bit like you, Micah, burst onto the scene, didn't he? Um, and he, we all thought, wow, what a player. Signed him from Charlton, didn't they, if I, I remember correctly. And um, early days, he was brilliant. Then big injuries can really affect you. And um, he certainly had... Um, I think, you know, the big improvement for me is, is that mm. I always felt there was a huge error in him, you know? But certainly in, in recent games, he's been outstanding and he was... Again, last night uh, in that uh, in that game, I thought everything he did, he was reliable. I, I thought his pace was able to, to get Liverpool out of trouble at times, and he defended really, really well. So yeah, he was he was impressive again last night. Yeah, given his versatility, Micah. I mean, looking ahead to the Euros, obviously, if he sustains this kind of form for the rest of the season, it could be a really good and valuable addition to to Gareth Southgate's England squad, couldn't he? Because he can play any of the positions probably across the back four. Yeah, it's, it's a very good point. The only thing he's not so good at is scoring. I believe he's not scored in his Liverpool career, which I seen a stat yesterday. Yeah. I actually <laughs> couldn't believe it. But in terms of his ability, yes, I, I totally agree with you. And he's got experience as well. Just because he had that knock of injury um, doesn't mean he's not a good player. And look, he had Canate and Matty to contend with. Robertson, who we all agree is probably the best left back in the league. So it's always going to be tough for him. But his versatility, we've, we mentioned the likes of Phil Neville. Sometimes it's gone against him because he was better than probably people give him credit for. But I think this could actually work in Joe Gomez's favour. Uh, we're going to get a Liverpool versus Chelsea final. Um, it, they, they had no problems whatsoever disposing of middles despite trailing uh, after the first leg, Alan. It's, you can see signs that generally over the period of the season that Chelsea are gradually getting it together, would you say? Yeah, slowly. Um, still got to do a little bit more to convince me, I think. Um, still need to improve, but they're on the right path. They're getting a bit more belief. One or two injuries coming back. Yeah, no, they. I mean, as much as they were under pressure before the game the other night because of their performance in the first leg and the result in the first leg, so they were under pressure, but the way they just 
Uh, they went after Middlesbrough and Middlesbrough just couldn't hand, handle it and they were far too good for them. And it was all over in that uh, in that first half and job well done for Chelsea. And um, yeah, I mean, if, if they were able to get a trophy this season and finish in and around six, seven, eight, then you have to say that that's a, that would be a really good season for, uh, for for Pochettino, considering you know, all the criticism that they've that they've had early season. I was going to add actually where you were going to lead me actually to um, whether that would be considered um, a successful season. Say if they just won the Carabao Cup, maybe qualified for. Uh, one of the European competitions that that would be a step in the right direction, Michael, wouldn't it? Yeah, of course, I, I agree with on. I'm I'm quite confused with Chelsea because I remember saying early doors. I seen all the patterns of play. I seen what they was trying to do. It, it looked to me like they had a clear pan, but they just couldn't get it across on the field. And I wanted to ask you guys as, as strikers, we've done Chelsea so many times this season and all the approach play has been excellent. It's just that final bit. Now are we starting to see the final bit? Yes, Broya is still young. He might not be the final piece right now, but if they had a, a proper striker, you know, all these games that they were in, a striker scores that. I think we're talking about something different. Of course, he said, well, well, they haven't, but I'm saying it's as easy as when Alan said, okay, if... Man City get Haaland, they'll win absolutely everything. I think if Chelsea were to get that proper top striker, we're looking at a top four, top five, top six proper con contender for me. Well, you should be with the amount of money they've spent. I suppose <laughs> it would depend as well, because if they went into the market, probably it doesn't look like, there's not that much going on in the window. And I want to come to this question later, but um, about where Victor Ossiman might go. Um, and he would be the sort of player that probably Chelsea, Arsenal, maybe Manchester United, the big three clubs. But we'll come to that conversation later. But that's the one thing that's missing, isn't it, Alan? Mainly at the moment, a nine. Because they yeah. do get the ball in the box a lot. I mean, Cole Palmer um, is is stepping up, but he's more of a kind of 10. He can play in a variety of different positions. And um, I, I loved his two finishes again. He just kind of strokes it in, doesn't he? He's so, I mean, he's... he's Calm, isn't he? God, isn't he For just someone so young? What about his celebration, though, lads? Yeah, the Come on, cross arm thing. He's did you see the? Did you see the? Um, I saw a still photo of, um, of the Middlesbrough fan when they scored their goal. They've been there was six nil down, and they scored the goal. And there was a fan in the crowd giving it exactly the same <laughs> celebration. A Middlesbrough fan. And I thought, well, fair play to you, yeah. mate. That was, that no, was that fair. Chelsea, uh, Chelsea missing without doubt missing eight. So, I mean, it's hard to believe, isn't it? You spend that much money and you haven't got a bloody centre forward. I mean... Well, they bought Jackson, didn't they? But he's, he's, he looks like he's got a bit to do in terms of his, you know, his, his development at the he's moment. He's not ready to yeah. be a regular to, for uh, for a club that want to get into the Champions League and win everything. Um, he may come good, but he's not ready to be a regular, no. I just want to ask you something, um, Alan, because you were, you were getting a bit irritated, as you do sometimes with teams playing out from the back and oh, conceding goals. Obviously. You've been exasperated at times with Burnley this season. Um, and the same thing happened, didn't it, to Middlesbrough <laughs> on oh. a few occasions. And you were straight on the group chat. Here they go again. They're all doing the work. Should we blame Pep for this? Is this Pep's, is this Pep's fault? <laughs> no, but it's, I, it's a great part of our game now. It makes it more exciting. Well, I enjoy I it when you're off goals. decent at it. Yeah, I mean, honestly, it just... 
I just can't. I get that everyone wants to play out from the back, and that's the in thing. And as a coach, when you're going in for a job, you've got to tell the chief executive or the owner or whoever it may be that this is the way you're going to play. But, I mean, I watched Middlesbrough the other night, and I've watched Burnley all of this season, and... It just it makes me so angry when they're, they're trying to do it and they're not very good at it. They keep on getting caught and giving chances and giving goals away. When is the point where you say, maybe this is not working, we may just have to change tonight? Yeah, let, let me just play devil's advocate a little bit. Do you not think, though, if Michael Carrick's got a way of playing, right? That's what he wants to do. A lot of the, you know, the upcoming coaches, they're really good players themselves. That's what they want to do. They want to play out from the back. And in the championship, you could probably get away with that because if you do give it away, you're not going to have like the top quality level of, of forward that's going to punish you like you get against Premier League opposition. But my question is, when you're suddenly playing at Chelsea and you've been playing in a certain way for the whole season and you've got a philosophy of how you want the game to be played and then you play in a team that you probably know will will press you higher, they'll be more electric and they'll punish you if they get the opportunities. Do you suddenly change your whole ethos of playing for 90 minutes? No, but you suddenly should think, hang on, we're going in against top opposition here who are really good at what they what they what they do. So, not on every occasion do we have to play out. We can change it now and again. You don't have to do it every single time when quite clearly you're being punished, you've conceded the goals, you've conceded chances. There must be a time where you think in your head, hang on, let's just do something different on this occasion. Not not yeah, I'm not saying kick it long every time you get a goal kick. But just don't do the same thing every time when you're clearly getting caught and getting punished. Is that me thinking stupidly or what? No, you're right, Al. I think every coach, especially, they always have a plan B as well. So I agree with Alan. You come up with different oppositions. So when I watched Middlesbrough in the Cup, we we did the, the first game. Was it Villa you did? I did, yeah. They did the League Cup and we did the FA Cup. And they had a system where they would let them have the ball wide and create as much chaos in the middle of the park and said, okay, you can have it. We're going to cross it and we're going to defend the middle of the pitch. And I watched them the week before that, two weeks before that, and it was a completely different tactic. So I agree with Alan. And it's down to one, the manager, and Carrick's been brilliant in, in able to adapt to what he needs to do. So he's, he, I give him praise last week. I thought it was outstanding the way they played against Chelsea in that, in that first leg. But it's down to the goalkeeper as well. So when the goalkeeper has the ball, the manager will say to you in training, only play out when we are set and what that means is when everyone's in the right position. Okay, there's going to be times in the games where it's not going the way you want it and you've got to take a little bit more of a risk. But if it's not on, you don't play out. It's just, it's as simple as that. So I do agree with, with Alan on that. But that's down to the players in the moment taking responsibility. And when it happens once and they get punished, you don't do it the second and the third and the fourth time. Of course not. Therefore, Alan, you're not thinking um, stupidly, um, which, you know, it's the first time for everything. So well done. <laughs> that is, uh, that's a fair point. Yeah. <laughs> for your good final. 
Yeah, it'd be a great final, yeah. Yeah, two huge teams, teams that are used to success. Okay, Chelsea not so much uh, in the last couple of years. But two big, big football clubs, yeah, and it's uh, it'll be a great final. I absolutely agree. I want to move on to the January transfer window. It's not been that much action. Um, I, I wonder whether that's because perhaps of what's going on with you know the the, the rules and the you know the Has problems that Nottingham Forest and obviously very much Everton have had. You know they're all being a little bit cautious. I mean the January window is never like the summer window, is it? But there's more often than not, guys. There's always a been a fair few quid. I mean, ridiculous amounts spent sometimes in January. But I mean, up to now, and I, I, I don't expect it to change that much at all uh, over the last few days of the window. That I think it's sort of hit home with what's happened to Everton and Nottingham Forest being uh, being charged. I think it's hit home, and other clubs are really looking at and and having to um, and having to sit tight. Well, your own club is um, in in that kind of situation, haven't they? It's looking like the uh, Miguel Almiron um, will probably go to Saudi, and and that asks a few questions as well. It's obviously not you know one of the same clubs that um, owned by Newcastle, but you know who knows what's actually um, the reasoning behind that. But they need to you know they need to sell to buy. We've talked about this. Uh, before there was rumours about Trippier, but they the club have actually said I think now that he's not for sale. Mm. Um, but then who knows? Yeah, you just you, you never know. I mean, yeah, that's the situation that Newcastle are in, and perhaps others are in as well who want to try and go to the next level. I mean, we've already said before, haven't we, that the rules basically stop you doing that, basically stop you challenging the elite. The finances and the numbers, I'm sure that will be changed this summer because to me they're outdated and in some occasions not really right. So yeah, Newcastle have been linked with selling one or two, which is the way they're going to have to go. I think one or two will be sold, whether that's this window or, or certainly in, in the summer for them to try and go to the next level and try and catch the elite somehow. I think the most standout um, signing probably so far in the window, and I know it's only a loan um, to West Ham, but that's of Calvin Phillips because, um, you know, he's had a tough time, hasn't he, Micah, at Manchester City? It's not really happened for him. He's not had a look-in, to be honest. He's not had a run of games at any point, I don't think. Um, obviously, Rodri plays in, in that position um, for Manchester City and he's probably the best at it in world football. Um, at present so it's a good chance to him because he needs to play from football particularly with the Euros coming up obviously Gareth really likes him I mean he's stuck by him through thick and thin even when he's not been playing he's been fiercely loyal towards um, Calvin Phillips so this is an opportunity for him and I, I think a great addition for, for West Ham probably if he can find that form that he showed you know regularly not just for Leeds but also for his country yeah and I, I often say I feel sorry for players, but I, I actually genuinely feel sorry for him because yeah, same. just when he was getting like he was going to get a run of games, he, he, he got a bad injury. I think it was his shoulder. Then he, he come back and getting into the, the flow of things. Then he gets an, another injury. He's got Rodri, who's the, the best defensive midfielder in world football, who rarely misses a game, like rarely misses a game ever. And when he played, we all been there, and we could all say this as footballers, you're playing within yourself. So when I say playing within yourself, it means you're just Cautiously. doing the bare minimum 
and you just want to go in the game without making a mistake, just keeping it simple. You going, What's going through your head is you're thinking, okay, is my injury okay? So you don't push yourself to the absolute limits. And I thought it'd be an outstanding signing for Man City, not just because he can play centre-half, but he, he slipped into that centre-back role at Leeds. And sometimes the way they played out from the back and he was so good on the ball and his, and his passing is excellent. Why do you think it's not worked out for him at Manchester City? Because even, to be honest, even on the times that Rodri's been out, he had a suspect, he's, he's never really been a gone to. And actually, even Pep said himself, I feel, he said, I feel sorry for him. It's just, I've wanted to get it, but every time I have to make the decision and... Didn't Pep call him out in the media once or as well? Early, being, didn't he? About his uh, weight or something, wasn't it? as well, what did he? Yeah, mm, I but he, he did, I, I think that was taken a little bit out of context in terms of like, they all get weighed in a morning and they might come through pre-season and you are, your required weight might be X. And he we might have been a little bit over that. So when he said that, it just means he's not at the prime condition to play for me right now. And he did the exact same with Yaya Torre as well, a couple of the seasons ago. And then everyone was saying on, on social media, he's overweight, he's fat, he's, he's not taking it seriously. It wasn't that, it was just taken out of context a little bit. But yes, everyone started jumping in after that, Alan, yeah. I think I think he, he had to get out um, and had to get out and play. It doesn't matter where, he just had to get out and play because... You just can't you can't sit around for that long waiting, hoping because it may never happen. It was probably never going to happen at Man City for him. So is it a is it a bit of a bit of a gamble on West Ham's part if you believe the figures that were banded around in terms of a loan fee, his salary, plus with an obligation to buy at the end of end of the uh, the season for someone that hasn't played that or hasn't played any football really in the last six, seven, eight, nine months? I, I think there'll always be question marks, won't they? I think sometimes when you've been out that long, it's can he get back to that level? I believe he, he can. I don't think it's too much of a risk because he's still a good age and he's hungry and he's been fit all this time, you know? So I, I, I've not quite seen the actual figures, what that would be. But, you know, a couple of seasons ago, he was, everyone wanted him. I believe in his ability. He just needs to, to play. Starts for England in centre mid, you know. I agree with you, Al. He'll show everyone exactly what he can do. And the last point on that is, it's very difficult sometimes when you've been earning a lot of money at, at one club. And it's always going to be tough because Man City are not going to sell to the competitor at that time. So he's got to go maybe down the leagues to, to get the football he wants and needs at this precise moment. Yeah, but he's not been playing for so long. Uh, let's hope it goes well for him because it's, it's obviously been, because everyone wants to play. And it's great that he's made the decision that he's gonna, he, he wants to play uh, football. And um, I suspect he'll do a really good job for West Ham. I want to, right, Victor Osman, I mentioned him earlier. He's kind of come out, hasn't he, on, um, in, I think it was Instagram or something, or social media anyway. Um, and he said, I already know what I want to do with my career. I already know my next step, my next destination. I think 60% of the people mentioned the rumours about me being linked with the Premier League. The Premier League is one of the biggest leagues in the world. Um, so he's intimating 
that he's he's coming to the Premier League in the summer. I think he's got um, in his, his his contract now a, a buyout for about what, what 120 million, I think, which is a lot of money. But I mean, he's some player. I remember a couple of seasons ago when Leicester played in the um, Europa League, and we went to the King Power with my boys, and we, and it was uh, he was unbelievably good against Leicester. Um, he was such a handful, um, brilliant in the air, incredibly quick. His movement was very intelligent, and he's going to be a great signing for someone. Which English club? A, do you think need him? And B, who will get him? Do we think he's going to suit a red and white shirt or a black and white shirt? Oh, you think Newcastle <laughs> in, in the equation, do you? But that's the thing I'm saying here with with the um, the you know the rules of, of of signing players and the amount you can spend. How can a club like Newcastle spend 120 million on one player? Um, yeah, that's the problem they're going to have, um, and that's why they'll have to sell to invest again, depending how much they bring in with selling players maybe this January or even in the summer. And therefore, Alan, if they're selling players, that's not going to be a great motivation for Ossiemen to come, is it? For someone like that as well. Yeah, that's no? a problem. That probably that's, won't be in the Champions yeah. League either. Yeah, well, the Newcastle won't be in the Champions League uh, next season because it's highly unlikely they're going to finish in the top four or five. So, um, yeah, that, 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 that also makes it really, really difficult. I agree with you. Yeah. Uh, what do you think, really? Realistically, probably Manchester United, Chelsea or Arsenal. They all need a number nine, don't they? I mean, obviously, yeah, United have got a young up-and-coming player playing in that position, but all three of those clubs need the top quality um, centre-forward, don't they? Well, you two are strikers. Hmm. Everybody's wanted it at one stage. You had an opportunity to go Chelsea... Manu or Arsenal in the summer, where are you going? Me, I'd, I'd, I think I'd look at it and I'd go at the moment, Arsenal. At if, this moment, it, you in know, time, if they yeah. all offer, yeah. you know, obviously we're talking about everyone offers the same thing, that's what you want, blah, 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 and your contract. That doesn't, you know, that's because, I mean, to be honest, they earn so much now that you can just choose where you want to go. I would say Arsenal are probably a centre forward away from winning things. Chelsea are a centre-forward away from becoming competitive again. And Manchester United are a centre-forward away from improving. But they've still got a long way to go. And if I were him, I, you, you want to go somewhere where you think you're going to win win things. Now, whether Arsenal have also had the thing, haven't they, about you know the financial plans and stuff and been stymied a little bit in this window. They've said that kind of they can't do anything at the moment. Whether they can do in the summer and that amount of uh, money, we'll have to wait and see, I guess. But um, it'd be a brilliant signing for all three of them, I think. I think he's a wonderful all-round centre-forward. Me forward. too, yeah. Couldn't agree more with everything you said there. I think that, that sort of summed it up perfectly. He's a, he's a top player and he will score goals and there will be massive clubs after him for that reason where do you think he's going Micah something in my mind says Chelsea I, I, I don't know why but I just I, I think Chelsea you know because they're the most desperate for a striker I think Arsenal would love to have him but they still see Jesus as a number nine and they've got Nketiah where I think Chelsea will do it wouldn't surprise me. More business. It wouldn't surprise yeah, I just me something. I don't know why. I just think yeah. Chelsea will get him. Yeah. Okay. We'll uh, we'll find out in due course. Um, let's take a breather, and when we come back, let's talk about um, what's been going on in other parts of the world of football. Hola. Hello. 
call is being translated. Abuela, listen to what my phone can do. Abuela, escucha lo que mi teléfono puede hacer. Wow, ahora dime sobre tu novia nueva. Wow, now tell me about this new girlfriend. Huh? Tú sabes lo que dije. You know what I said. Language is no longer a barrier, thanks to Live Translate with Galaxy AI on Samsung Galaxy S24 Ultra. Learn more at Samsung.com. Samsung account login required. Calls must be made using the native Samsung dialer. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Free samples free shipping, and our 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step and into your home too. Shop Blinds.com now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off at Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Welcome back to The Rest is Football with me, Gary Lineker, Micah Richards and uh, Alan Shearer. Micah, before we get on to discussing the um, AFCON, I can't... Where is that? The old trophy, the chocolate thing behind you oh, that we talked about oh, the other day. Someone asked yes. the question because you're back at home now. Two seconds is it, there. Is it there? I'm sure people um, certainly watching on the YouTube channel will want to see it. Here it is. Can you see that? Can you oh, read that? Oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind your Premier League title. That's the important thing. But that's not the good. That's not. The, that's not the best bit. What's the best bit? Ooh, ooh, here we go. Read it out. Read it out. Find a legend with a legend. <laughs> <laughs> Unwrap Mike Richards' shirt in a pack to join him for a VIP experience. <laughs> well, hold on, hold on. That's not it. Was, that's not it. it. That, I, I think a night out would be enough, wouldn't it? Have you, <laughs> have you not eaten it? <laughs> And look, <laughs> if you see ever so slightly with a the light, there's a yeah. picture of my face in there. You can see it. Uh, on, a, on a bar of chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> You've always wanted to eat yourself. Yeah. <laughs> can I say at this point, other chocolate bars are available. <laughs> <laughs> Not well, if you want a, a sponsor of Cadbury's. It it was oh, VIP exp- who was the VIP experience with? No one turned up. <laughs> Oh, wow. Um, Let's talk about the Africa Cup of Nations because I don't know where they've been watching it, but it's been absolutely nuts, Uh, particularly the group that involved um, Egypt, Cape Verde, Ghana and Mozambique. Um, And it was just extraordinary. At different times, everyone thought they were going through. Uh, Ghana were two up against Mozambique, uh, needing to win their particular game to, to guarantee they got through. Um, and then conceded two goals in pretty much in injury time. The first one was a very soft penalty, a handball where he's so close to him and his arm was slightly away from his side. It was, I mean, that ridiculous um, handball laws. And then the second goal, which was ultimately the one that did for them, was that um, there was a ball came in and it was going well wide and the keeper was was going towards it. 
and he stuck his hand out and then thought, no, actually, I should leave it, which he should have done. And he flicked his hand <laughs> and then went over. And from the corner, Cape Verde scored. They ended up winning the group. I mean, of all the teams to win the group, in the, that was remarkable because, I mean, Cape Verde, if you know, is, is just, what is it, a tiny little island. It's got just over half a million population. Um, it's just off the coast of Senegal. So an amazing uh, story for them. But also the roller coaster of of what happened with with Egypt uh, as well because um, they thought they needed to win. It was one one. It was getting right near the end of the game, and then um, they scored. Um, so they thought they won. They're all going mad. They cut to celebrations of Mo Salah on the on the bench because obviously he's been injured. All big celebrations, and then. Somehow, Cape Verde get a goal in the you know the last seconds of of the game. All all the Egypt players are down on their knees. They think it's all over, and then because of what happened in the other game, that Mozambique came back <laughs> to score two goals in basically an in injury time. Um, that that meant that um, Egypt still went through. So both Cape Verde and uh, Egypt went through. Ghana, managed, of course, by former Newcastle boss, Chris Hutton. Uh, Chris yeah. Hutton yeah. Um, a man I know from my, my Tottenham days. Lovely guy. I mean, I felt sick for him. And, um, th- and they didn't quite make it. He's lost his job. I know it's cost him his job. Yeah, yeah. He, was, he was fired after it. And I remember at the at the end of the game, all the journalists, they you know the Ghana players wanted to just get out of there. And then there was like a kind of they were stopping all the journalists, getting to them with the police. And the journalists said, "All we want to do is ask questions." And and there was an interview with Kudus at the end of the game from you know West Ham will be now coming back to West Ham. So you know mixed emotions for West Ham fans. Um, but and and he's pretty much the player of the group stage, and he's been brilliant. Um, and he was just so. I saw that. I saw, the, I saw the interview, and the um, they kept asking the questions, and he he took like ten or fifteen seconds, didn't he, to keep answering it, to thinking you could just see the disappointment mm. and oh. anger and everything etched on his face, and he wasn't quite sure how to to get out what he wanted to say. Um, and it was a really painful interview for him, wasn't it? Yeah, it best be especially painful for the keeper of Forey. Oh, that moment of, I mean, it was just a, like a little bit of a panic, wasn't it? Just shoved his arm out and he, and then he tried to get it away quick and it was like, oh, he gave a him a corner. spin on the ball though, wasn't yeah. they? So mm. he was sort of oh. in two minds, shall he go, shall he stay? He tried to oh. say, no, no, I didn't touch it. I didn't touch it as well, didn't he? When he clearly to, he did, yeah. didn't he? His yeah. arms up. His <laughs> arms went up to say, no, I never touched it, oh. but he did. I know. Oh, he did. He definitely yeah. did. Oh, yeah. it, it was quite extraordinary. Um, there's been some great stuff elsewhere. Um, you know, Mauritania won their first game in the AFCON against um, twice winners Algeria. They went out, they came bottom uh, in their group. Um, Manchester United keeper Anana was dropped for Cameroon's last game against Gambia. Cameroon scored two goals in the last five minutes as well to qualify, I think, second in the group. That was another crazy game. The Ivory Coast lost 4-0 at home to Equatorial Guinea, a game I watched quite a lot of, and they had so many chances. I mean, 4-0 was a kind of slightly absurd result in that game. But in the end, they went through in third place because what happened in the Ghana game meant that they had a better third. So the whole thing was that it was so complex <laughs> at one point. Um, but it's been really entertaining because the Africa Cup of Nations two years ago was kind of a little bit drab in terms of the actual games, but the excitement in this one has, has been immense. Yeah, it's been absolutely brilliant. I've loved it. I've loved watching it. The only thing I don't understand is, you know, like players going from the Premier League, how come... Anana was allowed to leave so late. I, I seen 
um, players going at different times and then it's just madness. Surely there should be a cutoff point when you can go so you can prepare and then he's being dropped. It, the whole thing is just chaos. Maybe that's, maybe that's one of the reasons why. That he, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know. I can't say that for sure. But then you look at it on the other way. After what happened to Ghana, Iñaki Williams went back to play in the Copa del Rey against Barcelona pretty much on the same day that he landed. Well, it was exactly the same day as he landed. It went to extra time and then he scored a goal and then his brother Nico Williams scored a goal, not the one that was um, at, at Liverpool and Forest, uh, a different uh, Nico Williams, his, his brother. Um, and Bill Bow beat Barcelona. I mean, what a mad 24 hours he had. He's talk about going from like, absolutely distraught to absolutely um, enthralled and thrilled. Um, that is but, commitment, but, eh? Isn't it? Just a Isn't bit. It? Oh. Yeah, it just shows you footballers do generally want to play, don't they? Of course they do. Yeah. Let's move on to the Asia Cup. And, and, and that's been quite um, uh, remarkable as well, because um, mainly because Japan have lost to Iraq. And that meant that um, Iraq actually won the group and Japan... Um, who've um, struggled, and which is mad because they had 10 straight wins going into it, including, of course, that 4-1 win uh, over Germany, uh, didn't they? So so what happens now that, um, in fact, it's, it's coming to an end, the game that South Korea are playing, which if they win the group, um, they will play um, Japan in the last 16. Now, obviously, those two sides are the favourite for the tournament. And so wait, hold on. Son's just scored a pen. No, they have. It, that's exactly the thing. So South Korea have just scored, um, which means they'll, if, I mean, I think we're in the 103rd minute at the moment, <laughs> so it's not quite finished. But before the end of the podcast, we'll let you know, but it'll be old news by the time the podcast comes out. But never, <laughs> ne nevertheless, um, South Korea against Japan in the last 16, obviously the, the two favourites to win that tournament. And that will also mean, of course, if one of them goes out, which obviously they will if they meet each other, either Son and Huang, who played for South Korea, or Matoma and Endo uh, will be coming back to the, to the Premier League earlier than and than they would have thought. Now, I, I suspect fans of, of Tottenham, <laughs> Wolves, Brighton and Liverpool will all... <laughs> Forget, forget that, you fantasy football fans. Uh, we need them oh, back ASAP. Oh, really? Oh, well, that's the most important thing here. Damn, Nothing to do. Yeah, who cares about the Asia Cup or, or getting your players back to play in your team that you support? It's all about the fantasy. We've got the Asian Cup. We've got African Cup of Nations. We've got the Carabao Cup. We've got the Premier League. We've, we've got, got the, got the FA, FA Cup, FA of the Cup weekend. coming up with the weekend. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's great. Crazy. There's never any shortage of football. Um, um, uh, um, um, that's for sure. It's free all gas. <laughs> You're kidding. <laughs> well done, Robin. It's come through. Uh, it's coming that through live. I've got the live feed up. It's free is, all. Yeah. Breaking news oh, here. But by the time you hear it, it won't be breaking news. But um, Morales. <laughs> Ramirez. Hang on a minute. I wonder here. I mean, no, this is this is just me thinking off piste here a little bit. Um, and also, I think South Korea would have to be very sure of what was going on in the other games. But, you know, do you want to play Japan or do you want to let Don't even go there, in, Gary. In an equaliser in, in the 104th minute oh. um, and therefore avoiding Japan. So all the fans of Tottenham, Wolves... Liverpool and Brighton will be going. Oh no, they're both going to be go through to the to the next round. So um, remarkable stuff. Incredible. I just want to move on to uh, a little news story um, at UEFA um, because um, 
chief of football at UEFA, uh, Zvonimir Boban, or Zvoni as he's known to his friends, he's, and I have to say he's a good friend of mine, um, has um, resigned from his role at UEFA. Um, and that's because um, Chefrin, who came in, um, and in 2017, he brought in a mandatory thing that says you can't serve more than um, three terms. And it was one of the reasons that he probably got that job in the first place. It's often the case in these things. People get settled in this kind of high-profile job and who knows what's happened. And, and now he's, he's kind of re trying to reverse that statute to, so that he can serve uh, beyond. And um, I know Boban um, took umbrage to that and he thinks it's the wrong thing to do. And I must say, I know Boban very well and he's, he's a man that lives and breathes and loves football and he wants the right thing for football. And he's also... And you can see from this that he's, he's a man of principle and a man of integrity. And it's, it's such a shame to lose him from somewhere like that because to actually get former players that mm. genuinely have the best interests of the game at yeah. heart, to have them in top roles in those jobs is something that, you know, it, and it's such a shame that he's felt he's had to do this. But I do admire his um, integrity. And Gary, if you remember, he was dead against the uh, the handball law. He, he he spoke out so many times and tried to give as much clarity and say how much he was against it and how common sense needed to come back in, particularly on that uh, on that law. So, yeah, that's 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 a shame he's uh, he's done that because I, I I just think he spoke football sense, if you know what I mean. Say you get somebody in there who everyone really likes. I mean, what is it? 12, 12 years somewhere is a long time anyway. You know, let's, let's be honest. It should always give someone an, another opportunity. But if you get someone who's really good at the job and doing really great for the game, would you be happy for them to stay? Or is it just the fact that... I think the problem is if you get stuck in a role for so long, it becomes about you, not the role. And I think that's a really important... Um, distinction and, and changing the rules yourself to enable yourself to carry on i mean i just i that's a lack of i think self-awareness at best lack of self-awareness at best uh, i would say right we're going to finish um this particular episode with um a best leagues in world football and there's been an um, analytics firm called 21st group that crunched the numbers and they've ranked all the world's professional football leagues from the best and most competitive uh, to the worst um i think they assess something like 7000 teams around the world by on-field results, league tables, underlying performance, and then consider international competitions like uh, each confederation's Champions League um, and the Club World Cup to assess you know, the relative quality of different leagues. So, uh, for example, although Burnley haven't played Werder Bremen uh, this season, it can be assessed how they rank based on teams they've played. So Burnley have played Manchester City, City have played Leipzig, who have played Bremen, and so on. You understand where I'm coming from. So my question to you both, a couple of ones. Um, who do you think's the top league? Premier League. Yeah, that comes that comes out top. Has where, to for example, would you think the Saudi Pro League ranks? How many is there? They've ranked the top 100, Alan. So uh, for context, um, just to give you a guide, League One, um, that's the English League One, ranks 52nd. League Two ranks 95th and obviously there's a lot of talk about the Saudi Pro League how good is it etc um, but at the minute where do you think they are 75 to 80 
No, well, 63rd. So they rank lower than League One. Wow. Is there enough data on that, though, with all well, the I new players going there? Well, I think it's early days, there? and the league there is now attracting those top players. So I imagine it will kind of march up that leaderboard. But it, I think it's um, quite what interesting. What have they got the top five? So Premier League one? Right. I've got the list in front of me. Um, give me the top 10. Gives you best guess. We've already said the Premier League's number one, which is, is hardly surprising. Two? La Liga. Correct. Three? Bundesliga. Yes, sir. Ooh. Four? France. No. Italy. Yes. Italy. Yes. And then France. France um, Alan. Okay. It's not surprising that those five yeah. are the top five um, leagues. And um, interesting though, didn't Ronaldo say that the Saudi league was, was already better than, better than, than, than Liga? Um, <laughs> not quite sure about that. And then where do we go? If any of you get this, you get, in fact, we'll give Micah an extra bar of chocolate and you'll get sent one as well. Dutch. Nope. No. No. Portugal. Nah. Oh! You need to go much further afield. Like, really? how are we talking South America? Mm -hmm. Brazil. Brazil. Oh, right. They've got all the yeah. stars there, haven't they? Yeah. yeah, they've got some great players. City A, as it called over there. Right. Uh, same as Italy. Uh, then where? I mean. This one's interesting for me. I don't think you get this in a month of Sundays. So I'm going to just tell you. Go on. It is Spanish Segunda División. Second division in Spain. Wow. Which is ahead of the championship in England, which is ranked 16th. So that, would that surprise you? Maybe because all the, you know, the technical abilities of the Spanish football. That Who knows? surprises me. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then um, I think you said Portugal before. That's their next, mm -hmm. um, uh, the Primera Liga in, in Portugal. Then where? It's got to be one of like Turkey. You think of Champions League, Turkey, Not far Russia. Off, You've got it there, Russia. Very good. Oh, Russia. Ooh, very what? good, Micah. And then, and actually you got the next one as well. You went Russia, Turkey, and that's exactly who are nine and 10. Eredivisie, 11. Um, Micah's not as daft as he looks, you know. He's <laughs> <laughs> not as daft as he <laughs> anyway, we thought that I thought that might be quite interesting. And if you want to see the full list of how all the different leagues stack up against each other and find out more about the methodology of how it's worked out, it's all in today's newsletter. Sign up for that at uh, therestisfootball.com. That's therestisfootball.com. And remember, it's completely free. Um, well, that's it for today. Other than to tell you, it did indeed finish 3-3. Um, which you'll know by the time this goes out anyway. And South Korea will not play uh, Japan. So that was um, all in all a bit of a kind of <laughs> damp squib in the end. But there we go. Uh, that's it um, from us. Thank you for listening. Um, goodbye from me. Goodbye from me. Mm, goodbye from me. Have a good weekend.